Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. And welcome back, viewers, to 360. Katie, how are you? I'm amazing. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Um, so, going back through what we've sort of been has been happening with 360 for the last little while for our podcast, we've done a few things on um, recovery, um, some mental wellness. Uh, we've had a few people on to have a chat about that, obviously, Meg. Um, and just recently, we had Dr. Dwan on to have a chat about um, some stuff and how chiropractic and how recovery is such a big, important um, part of our overall wellness and it ties in um, now with a bit of a chat on fatigue today so a big thing we see a lot of people going through is both either mental or physical fatigue the two can be joined very closely or one can feed into the other so they it feel can, the same yeah and can feel the same so we wanted to dive in a bit of a chat about how to sort of understand by all means at the end of it don't go trying to score yourself out and then all of a sudden be a hypochondriac and you've got every disease you've ever heard of. Um, this is more about understanding uh, warning signs or triggers that are going through and then potentially where to head with it. So um, so just to give a bit of insight into what we've sort of looked at and things that we've seen to try and go through uh, today with a bit of fatigue. So both touching on physical and mental and sort of head for that. So um, yeah. Things that you've seen, Katie, that obviously um, a bit of probably warning signs uh, or recognizing signs in um, this space that you know with people or that you've had personally, by all means, we, we know how that can be as well. Yeah. So probably experience both personally and with training people as well um, a couple of times. Mm. Um, I think the hardest thing is that often you don't know it until you're in the middle of it. It's very tricky as- <laughs> The horse has already bolted. Yeah. Um, it's easier when you have someone on the outside that's looking in and maybe watching for it, especially if you've gone through it before watching through it and saying, hey, I think maybe this is something that you need to look at or you're on the border of it just so you know. Um, but it's, it is hard to recognize. It is. It's taken me about three or four times of going through- quite long periods to actually be able to see it from the outside now and go, I think maybe things are not going so great and this is what I need to do to fix it. That's like three to four times of feeling terrible for three or four months, which is quite a long time when you add it all up. Um, and then in clients as well, looking at it. And often it's a touchy subject and you just need to be aware is that no one purposely pushes themselves into a state of fatigue, whether that's physical, mental, anything like that. No one purposely pushes no. themselves there. You always do it with the best of intentions. So if someone's doing it with the best of intentions, whether they're doing it with kids, work, sport, extracurricular activities, they're doing all of this stuff and they're burning the candle at both ends. They're not recovering. Maybe they're not sleeping. They're not eating. Their sleep's reduced to like five hours. You can see it from the outside and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Does that land with you at all? Like, is there anything there that you can see? Generally, they're going to say, not at all. I'm fine. 
stay in your lane mm. because what happens is it's a really touchy subject because they're doing everything with the best of intentions. They're trying to do the best they can or they're trying to get ahead or do something. Get a result like, in yeah. some cases. Yeah, and it seems like by someone saying, I don't think that this is a great thing or we need to take a step back here or this is going to end quite badly for you is that it seems almost offensive, but that person has your best interest at heart. If you believe someone has your best interest at heart, then it's easier to go, let me just take a day to think about it. Let me have a look. Let me see how I'm feeling. And then we'll attack it from there. And I think by having confidence in your close circle, whether it's family, friends, how, however that sort of sits with you, is having confidence in them that they have also got your best interest at heart. Yeah. And you can see this sort of building up when you've, you know, in that when you've seen someone a lot, when you're interacting with them, potentially they're getting a bit shorter. Um, things don't take as long for them to tip them over the edge, that shorter fuse, um, things like that. It's sort of recognizing the signs externally. Maybe you might have that just a day here and there, but um, people then when they see it repetitively and it builds up over time as it's happening more frequently, you know, the, yeah. the, the rate of it, the frequency rate starts to get shorter, then more longer. You, and we've also talked about it is, is recognizing those signs is having more off days than on days and yeah. continually looking at half empty than half full. Yeah, if you see someone who's normally like a quite bubbly person and all of a sudden they've got like a frown on their face more days than not or they're just like you said more short with you and they're always pointing out the bad in everything and they can never reframe things to see the good because that's really hard when you're that tired yeah when you're tired and run down yeah yeah and you constantly automatically go to the bad in something or you'll see the worst in a person the worst in a scenario this is actually really interesting there was only a thing i was reading the other day is that they did um it was in a book i was reading um they did a study on people's faces and sleep deprivation so they gave it was a controlled study so they did over a period of five nights and they did five different sets of faces so control group a got eight hours of sleep eight to eight and a half hours sleep that was their window and then control group b got four hours of sleep in that time what they did was they gave them a series of about 10 faces and they ranged from like super happy super bubbly to really angry really upset and they had to their faces got thrown at them up on a screen at random so in no particular order and they had to rank them on how friendly and approachable they would rank that face. The people with eight hours actually perceived people who were like the faces that were more grumpy as more approachable. So they would rank them higher than they should have been. And the people who didn't get enough sleep four hours would look at a bright bubbly face and say unapproachable, unfriendly, threatening, and they would rank it on a more threatening scale. Hmm. Nothing had changed except that they were sleep deprived which was yeah. a really interesting thing, which then makes total sense why you see the negative in stuff because that's how you're actually viewing it through the world. Well, you're already in there. And you can say you're that comes down, down to anything out. else. Yeah, but if you're like tired all the time, the likelihood of you being able to defend yourself against someone who is threatening is a lot lower. So if you automatically see them as threatening, you're going to steer clear of a whole lot more things rather than seeing something that's potentially threatening as approachable and then having to fight it off. Like, you're not in the mood for that conversation. So, you're just going to steer clear of the world pretty much. Hmm. So, yeah, it was just a fascinating example yeah. of how it actually works and why why you can – why when you're tired or when you're in a bad mood because you're tired, you might see like you go to a shop and everyone's 
not nice to you or you walk through something and everyone was rude. They might not have been rude, but your perception of them might have been that they were really rude just because you're tired, which is really interesting because then it makes it harder to get out of that tiredness because you're seeing everything is awful, which in turn makes you more tired because it's energy draining and it just goes around in this cruel circle. And I think sometimes we talked about before what's normal versus what's common. So fatigue with where we are in the world at the moment, and especially after the year that was last year and COVID has been continuing on into this year, obviously, we're very lucky with where we live, but it's also still draining just having that there and lingering is people more prone to fatigue now than ever. Mm. And it's very common, but it's not normal. It's very common to get out of but bed. But it starts, but when it becomes so common, it starts to become your new normal. Yes. And you look at someone else and if your circle is all going through this at the same time and then you look at them and you're like, oh, well, it must be normal. It's not normal. It's just common. Yeah. And, and like I just said, the more you see around it, the more you see that suddenly that, yeah, that common or the uncommon becomes normal. Yes. Becomes your new normal. Exactly. Because it's something you're dealing or you're dealing with it every day. This, And um, with this going on, some people feel fatigued with it because there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Everyone's still feeling, you know, like like vaccines and and isolations and all that stuff. It's all good, but it's it's more something that's it's just around, you yeah. know. It's like it's around there, so no one's ever going to say um, by October the thirtieth, it's going to end up being that there's no COVID or none of this restrictions, or everyone's going to be all sweet. It's going to be gone, and you can go back to normal. It's like no, that there is no. Yeah, what's Dude, the new you know, normal? Like, How where does it is it? Yeah, like where is that end? And yeah. people, um, the unknown, mm. you know, for it starts to become a bit fatiguing because it's continually worrying. Everyone's worried about it all the time. Mm. And I think that's where you can, like, the perfect example of this is looking at the first lockdown as opposed to the fifth, mm. especially for people in Melbourne, Sydney, and Australia. Is you look at um, the first lockdown, everyone thought that COVID was going to be like over in a over in like the quickest amount of time. Some people thought two weeks, some people thought 12 weeks, 13 weeks. No one really thought five years. So you go into the first lockdown and you're like, we're willing to do this, get it under control, we're good. Everyone had really quite a good mindset, as scary as it was going into that lockdown, being like, it's okay, it's going to be over soon. When you go into your fifth lockdown and you have no faith that this is going to be over soon, all it takes is for someone to walk out of a quarantine early and all of a sudden you're in lockdown again, it doesn't give you much faith. And just that mental fatigue there, that mental burden of it gives you that sense of fatigue of like you when just, is this ever going to be over? Is this going to end? Like yeah. and everyone's waiting to get back to a so-called like normal life. Waiting for no light at the end of the tunnel is draining. It's like if you were working 18-hour days and you didn't know when that was going to end. Yeah. Or you were waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you didn't know when that was going to end. Or you're going to bed at 1 o'clock and you don't know when that's going to end. You, anyone can do something for a certain period of time. Well, there's an end date with it as well. So, it's sort of like I just got to get through this and I know where where it's going to finish. Exactly. But otherwise, it can, and as you said, it, it can be just that continual fatigue with it knowing that it's hanging over you or knowing that you don't know, like, yeah, you yeah. don't know where this is going to end or it's fatiguing because you know it's not going to. And it fatigue is far more common if you have a tendency to push yourself. If you're a high achiever, if you have a tendency to push yourself that little bit higher and do more and maybe instead of the Help more. 100% that's expected of you, you go to 
or also with people that struggle to say no a little bit yeah. is someone asks you to do something and you feel obliged to do that thing and there's no part in your head that goes, I can say no to this. It's like you're obliged when you feel like that's the good person thing to do. Yeah, is help that out. you do that. Is you help out and you're doing it again with the best of intentions, but you're wrecking yourself in the process. Mm. Absolutely wrecking yourself. And again, you don't know until you're in the middle of it and then you're in the middle of it trying to deal with it. Yeah, it's very hard to try and cut back from that, especially when you're committed to so much. Like if you're committing yes. to so much and you feel so much um, with it to help. And this can both be, as we said, with mental and then also with physical. So if you're committing yourself to doing more things or committing yourself to um, potentially working out more or helping people do more or not actually having some sort of physical downtime with it as well as mental because there's a lot of things that come into mental as far as stimulation and stuff which um, personally for me it's it's a struggle for that. I can't understand and sometimes a lot of people we, we spend so much time social media or, or um, news or continually needing to know what's going on or everyone wants the right to know or everyone wants to know what's going on with someone else's or we've got to put it out there to let people know what's going on you're not active on social you're not doing more with that is to then expect that during the day you've got to be either on a screen or continually going for more productivity or met or, or, or output mm. and then to go and sit and be stimulated at night time or in your external times as well. You're on a screen all day and then you're on a screen at night to wind down. It doesn't quite make sense. No. No. And I think also one of the big things with fatigue and like obviously that overstimulation is massive is that often we view, and again this comes back to the high achieving thing and the wanting to do better, but – not taking like rest is seen as weak. Yeah. And when rest is seen as weak and non-productive and almost like you don't have a right to rest, you have to earn it or you only get to rest two, three, four times a year when you go on a holiday. Yeah. Like that's when it becomes a problem because you're expecting this constant output again and again and again and again. Keep in mind social media at night is not downtime, it's stimulation, it's yep. hyping your nervous system up, it's not yep. calming it down. So, you're just like again and again and again. When we talk about downregulation so much, like TV, for example, at night, if you're watching TV until the minute you go to bed, you're being stimulated until the minute you go to bed and then you're expecting your whole nervous system to go, right, shut down, go. Yeah. It doesn't quite work like that. Like, And you need to train your body to have rest and it's really hard to take it first when you view rest as being weak or like it's you don't deserve it like it has to be some special circumstance for you to rest you have to be sick or dead hmm. to rest then that becomes a problem because you're expecting this massive level of output and you're not putting anything in and it takes training to take some time and sometimes you need to force it into your schedule to go this is my time and no one's allowed to touch it yeah, and, and make it a non-negotiable for you yes. in your schedule or in your timetable. Yeah. That, that is that time. And it, and like I say, if you do have a bedtime or a nighttime routine that helps you do that down regulation to ensure that, like you say, two hours or an hour and a half or two hours before you go to bed, that's where you're either doing some sort of thing, TV off, mm. no phones, no social, all that stuff. Um, make sure that that is yours, like that, that is yeah. yours to be okay with and you need that to be able to look after a bit of self-help so that or health so that then when you're able when you're doing that to help other people or do that mm. you're able to do that because you're filling your cup 
so that then you can help other people do theirs or yes. you can help output with that. So you know that that level and, and sometimes you get that feeling of um, overwhelmness. Yes. Like overwhelm, you feel overwhelmed continually with, like we talked before, you, there is no end date with this or you can't see the light or, you know, like it's every day when you get up, you're overwhelmed with what you've got to do and you don't mm. ever seem to be able to tick the things off your list. And, mm. and that's in some cases what, what I found with fatiguing or with that because you end up with so much coming at you during the day and sometimes that unknowing of how it's coming at you is to try and write down prioritize list mm. or one even if you, you don't need to rank because sometimes you can get blown away with I've got that well that's but that's really like two I need to get that done before I get this but I haven't written it in the book how I've got to do yeah. so I need to do so so just write all of it down but give yourself two columns so Give yourself a column of tasks that you need to complete and then another column of prioritizing. Mm. Then you can just write a one, a two, a three, a four, an A, B, C, D, however you work, yeah. easier. And then when you do it, get your highlighter or get something out and put a line through it. Done. Done. Physically marked. Physically it done, done because that that sense of accomplishment when you've done something and it's mm. completed can help lowering by the fatigue or the, the over anxiety with the fatigue yeah. that can be continually running through your mind. If I've got so much to do, don't ever feel like I've got, you know, got done. And, and you and I have talked about it a lot as far as wheel and personally, and I do, I know is get sort of lost on what you're doing and I can be Tangent doing 10 thing. different things and we mm. can be trying to do and I've done half of that and half of this and in some mm. cases you're better off doing five things on your list well than trying to do 15, 20%. Yeah. Then you've got all these things done, um, you know, half. So And that yeah. can just build up and make you feel fatigued because you've got so much to do and because you're continually doing it, mm. continue building up. So, um. So, yeah. It's something that I was only talking to someone about the other day. One of our mentors um, asked me what the biggest lesson was from this year. Mm. And I said to them, it's actually that rest makes you more productive. They just laughed. Lots and lots and lots. They're like, I'm glad that's finally clicked. But it does and it seems counterintuitive because you're like, if I just spend more time, then I'll be more productive. But that's not the way it works at all. Like your brain has a capacity and you need to maximize it instead of just trying to spend more time. Hmm. So, um, some of the signs, obviously, we've gone over is that feeling overwhelmed. Another really big one is waking up tired. If you're waking up in the morning, five days out of seven, six days out of seven, feeling tired, then that's really quite a big issue. Either you have no, you're obviously fatigued, but you have a lack of purpose. You have that overstimulation. You're not excited by what you're doing every day. Yeah, drive like to do something, yeah. Overcommitted because you're waking up and you, if you feel like you could go to bed for four hours and there's nothing medically wrong per se, then that's a sign that you might be struggling with either physical or mental fatigue. And like we said, they can feel same, same. Hmm. When you're mentally fatigued, your body feels tired as well and you don't want to work out, you don't want to yeah, train. Yeah, that's why you don't want to do that movement that we know helps. Yes, that helps it. And when you're physically fatigued, it's a, physical fatigue is a little bit, provided it's not adrenal fatigue, is simpler to get over than mental fatigue. Because mental fatigue, it's not just a good night of sleep and you're better. Like it takes work and it takes restructuring your days and restructuring your life. Yeah. To get it because it's just like if you think about it, reframe why that fatigue is there. It's there to teach you a lesson. It's there to go, what you've done thus far hasn't worked. So now I'm going to make you stop and I'm going to make you redo it. 
So then you redo it and it might not work again. Mm. And you might get this wrong like four or five times. Maybe you're a quicker learner and you get it wrong once, mm. right? But then you restructure and you go, all right, let's try this. Chances are your old habits creep back in. You do this for like solid for four weeks, five weeks, maybe even like three months. And then you get to the end of that. And then you like look back and you're like, oh my God, like I'm so tired. What's going on? You're going through that period again and you go, I let everything that I used to do creep back in. Yeah. Again, it's a sign. Hey, this hasn't been working. Now you got to change stuff. You're like, all right, reset. Let's see what I need to do. Change it. Yeah. The quicker you can change it, the easier it is to get over. Mm. And that's why when we talked about having that circle of friends or people is to be able to help you realize, be able to help to have those conversations and be okay with it and, and have yeah. those open lines of communication so it's not a feeling of attack or being attacked. No. Um, you're able to sort of, you know, take that on board. And, and normally help they'll out. tell you because it's quite a hard thing to watch. Like it's a hard thing to see because there's really not much that you can do. Like you can see someone going through it. And you can recognize that. And normally the only thing you can say is like, take a little bit more rest where you need to. Make sure you take your time and wait Make sure you get you. outside, do some movement, like yeah. get away. Can you put that down? Yeah, maybe this is what you can do. And you can gently nudge them in a direction. And that's kind of all you can do. Like you can't force mm, give them options. to go home and go to bed. No, no, no. Or give options or maybe, you know. It's like, just suggestions. And see how you feel. That's all it yeah, is. Give them or if you see them it. doing something, you're like, have you looked at this? It's mm. just a question. Have you looked at this? Have you considered this? And then that gives them the opportunity to think it through for themselves because then they're going to have more buy-in rather than saying, hey, I think this is your problem. They're automatically going to go, no, it's not. Mm. And How they won't know think about me? it again. Yeah. You don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing this for the best intentions. You don't know what I'm feeling. Whereas if you say, have you thought about this? That gives them a chance to think it through and go through their own process in their head. And they might come back to you in three weeks and go, hey, I've changed this. And that made a massive difference. Yeah, little steps. Baby steps. Yeah. And the thing is, is you get more progress by taking smaller steps than trying to take big leaps. Yes. And then falling down continually. Yeah, tiny so steps. So, it's tiny steps. So, just taking little tiny steps with it. So, tiny yeah. steps. Because mostly, most of the time, like when you have mental fatigue, you're living in like what I like to call a twilight zone, like a perpetual fog. It's almost like you just have either this haze or it feels like it's like that twilight zone where you're not 100% awake all the time. You're like kind of in that it takes a little bit more effort to concentrate. It takes more effort to move. It takes more effort to do everything. And that's kind of how you know when you're on the worst end of the spectrum of that mental fatigue is that you do feel like it's just this haze that's just going over your head all the time mm. and sleep doesn't help it. No. Yeah. So, Ben, now that we know <laughs> what's going on with people, knowing what it is, etc., what can they do to fix it? Like we've talked about taking more time, et cetera. But what else can they do? Do they fix it if they've taken a little bit more time and it's not getting better? Well, personally, it's it's looking at those things that you can either do or that maybe potentially you need some external help with. So it's being okay with understanding that if you've tried it yourself and you've tried, like you said, sleep or looking for extra sleep or doing that some throughout your day and rest and you still don't feel that that's coming in is probably looking at actually going to see like you can go with a lot of different things. So naturopaths do a lot of mm -hmm. stuff as far as because in some cases it cannot just be, you know, like people when we end up going to a doctor and they do um, blood tests, 
um, for that stuff. They have their key markers that they're looking in. In some of the parameters you're looking at, they've got huge big margins. So if you're within these two margins on a certain set marker that they're looking at, you're good. But it doesn't say where you're at. So you could be either super high and right at the top end or super low. So they're just looking when they do it as uh, within this margin. And if you're within there, you're within the common range. That's you're right. Good. You're good. Like there's no mm. seeing that. But when we're talking about naturopaths and stuff like that, that's talking about sometimes minerals, vitamins. you know, vitamins that that can end up helping, and certain things you need to have in your body to to interact or how it can be with other vitamins or other mm. minerals being able to be utilized by your body because you've got to have so much of this to be able. Or you need to have this to work with calcium and. Mm you know, like potassium and all that stuff and how it all works with nervous systems and, and things like that. And that's it, it can get a very deep hole that you can get dug down and there's lots of little tests that, that external people can do to try and help you. And then when you take that and they can put it in and you can you can end up being with supplementation, um, generic with that stuff, is then having a go at putting that in place and seeing how it feels. It's a This is a constant reassess. trial and error stuff with it. And if it does feel better, all sweet. And communication lines with the people that you're working with mm. is making sure that they understand how you're feeling. Today, this didn't feel so good. I missed this. I ate too much of this. I yeah. drank not enough water. I drank alcohol like I did all this other Honesty. stuff. And doing that to make sure that you understand how it's making you feel to try and get you down. Because as we said before, majority of the people are trying to want to help you get to feel the best. And mm. then normal, common, yes. how it feels, not so good. And I think that's how did where I feel? a naturopath can come in is one, they have more time with you like generally when you go to a doctor's appointment it is quite short you will get what you need in that appointment but for you if this is the first time you've encountered this having a naturopath just just give you that little bit more time like generally they'll have a half an hour to an hour consult and that gives them time to explore everything with you so they'll maybe will send you for a blood or a hair test that's Mm. pretty common so that they have that data to work with um sometimes they'll do finger prick tests on the spot or iridology something with your eyes um so that then they have that data there for you. They'll ask you about your diet generally, about your movement, about your work, about your kids. They'll ask you about everything to get a general gauge of your lifestyle as well as that data and then put the two together and go, all right, this is where we're going wrong. Yeah, and things you may be doing at work, things you're interacting with, chemicals, yeah, stuff like that. Like there's lots of stuff You haven't in even there. thought of. Yeah. Um, so that's where they'll give that gauge for you, which is really important. Um, it is something that they are quite good at however like you say it's trial and error like they can give you a set and the amount of naturopaths that i've gone to and they've said look this is what we're looking at at the moment this is what your bloods are telling me this is what Mm. all of your symptoms are telling me to help you now if for any reason you're not feeling great in four weeks six weeks 12 weeks we need to reassess something and sometimes i've gone back and said look i'm about 70 percent. i was 30 percent. i'm now 70 percent, but i'm not 100 still Mm. they'll go all right well let's tweak this and let's change this and have a look at another way instead and then they look at the other way and then that may work amazing Mm. but it's just having that little bit of patience and not expecting it to be a one and done it is very rare. It's, that- yeah, continually evolving. It's usually continually evolving. And yeah. then it's also being open lines as far as what sort of mental stuff you've got going as well. So it's it's talking to someone externally with that and being okay to try and to, um, to communicate that with them and know where you're at, yeah. like what page of the book you're on. 
making sure they're reading from the same book, that they understand what's going on with you and not trying to direct you down something that's not ever going to work. And this is trial and error, as you said, with going to different people. If something didn't work, yeah. got so far or couldn't get on the same page, that's fine. Some people don't work with each other. Not everyone is meant to be yes. working with that and one, but you, you might find something that clicks. Yeah, when you trust them, you can give them all of the details as well of, of what's going on and what you're struggling with. And sometimes it can feel a little bit like you're inconveniencing them or making their job harder than it should be or making a burden and you feel kind of bad telling them everything because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, like maybe I just tell you this much and if you can fix this and I'm happy and then we'll work on something else next time. Generally, everything's linked, so you need everything everything like I think the first time I went to a naturopath I didn't tell her I was tired that was the main issue but I didn't tell that I was like it's let's really not that can... important like let's just deal with something else that's far easier yeah. I'm just sure I need to sleep more that'll be fine and then when all the blood stuff comes back and they're like actually this is like a pretty big issue like have you noticed that you're feeling tired sometimes mm. and you're like oh yeah that's a huge issue like that's that's massive I'm struggling to stay awake all mm. day this is pretty bad And they go, well, that was actually a really important detail to tell me. So, make sure that you give them all the details because one detail can impact the reason that everything else is happening. Mm. So, just something to be conscious of as well. Yeah, for sure. Because then there's other things in there as far as doing it. We said um, you can obviously doctor as well, like a physical doctor, GP, go and see. You can have blood tests there as well. Rule out any Um, um, medical Yeah, medical stuff to go through. And in some cases, getting those blood tests – done regularly yes um can see because what is 120 days i think it is like cycle red blood cell you know like cycle for for um blood cells for it is is to yeah you may need to do this a couple of times to see what you've adjusted to see what sort of outcomes you've had like you said 70 from 30 percent to 70 percent but i'm not quite 100 percent like let that know and and that can definitely be done through diet and seeing something like that and and through that that Tripath- Naturopathy. Naturopathy. Good job. Yeah. And then it can go into another way. So it's like energy healing as well. So some people find that. And this can be just trial and error, as we've said with heaps of it. See what works for you and see if you get results from it. So energy because healing. there's no certified board for it. That's mm. when it gets tricky and when it gets a really bad rap. Obviously, it doesn't align with some people's beliefs and that's yeah. okay. Um, but it gets a really bad rap because there are obviously people there that aren't doing it properly and they're not doing a good job. So yeah. you go to them and go – That was terrible. And then you put the entire industry under that banner. Um, Trial and error. Find someone that you trust. This can be things like your Reiki, Mm. um, et cetera. And just going to someone to just get a general gist of what's what's there, what's going on. It might help. It might not. Yeah. But it can You give it a go. You've ticked it off the box. Give it a try. Go from there. Uh, Because as we've talked about with physical pain or physical injuries or things like that, this can be something that potentially you're thinking about, potentially it's in the back of your mind mm. continually and it's something that you can do is always of a focus. So if you're always fatigued, always feeling under the pump, always feeling flat, then this is something that you need to do and it's it's something that you need to go on potentially. If you can't do it yourself, like we've said, with self-help, is um is sort of go for an external. So yeah, but but some things that we can look at with self help that we've talked about is our downtime and our sleep. Yeah. So downtime, regu- uh, regulating or ta- timetabling it for yeah. your day or for your week to have that done, um and do that. Then yeah, take a rest before you need it. That's huge. So, so taking, it's hard. Yeah, because you think generally you don't recognize it. Yeah, generally it's the period where you're like, 
I'm good today. I can go and I will conquer the world and I will do like 15 hours today and I will do everything. When you get that feeling, that's generally when you need to actually cut it back and you need to cut it back to about 10 hours, maybe eight even. And you take more rest on that day than any other day, because then you're going to set yourself up for the other five days that are ahead of you. And you're going to be good for five days. If you do that entire day, when you're feeling amazing and you don't take any rest, you're going to be screwed the next day. Then you're going to need an entire day, maybe out, maybe a very unproductive day. And then you're just kind of teetering at 50% for the rest of the week. So on the day, find the day when you feel the best and take rest on that day. And it is the hardest thing to do because you're like, well, that's unproductive. I can go, yeah, that's I can go. go 110%. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Mm. But would you rather be 100% for one day? Would you rather be 95% for five? Yeah. Like, that's where you get the that's where you get the way up. But take rest before you need. Yeah, for sure. Next thing is minimize stimulants. Stimulants to mask your feelings of tiredness. So, caffeine, energy drinks, tea, soft drink, sugar, anything like that. Yeah. If you're using anything- to mask your feeling of tiredness. And and in some cases, when you think about it as a stimulant, you know, like coffee or, or any of those, like if you enjoy drinking tea or you're feeling that you enjoy drinking coffee, that's that's fine. But the thing is, is if you get up in the morning and you're like, I need three cups of coffee before I'm actually productive. Yeah. I need to have five energy or, well, you know, one- I need an energy 600 drink before mil, I function. Yeah, energy drink before I can function and I'm continually doing it. That's that's a big like X in the box to say, hey, if you can't deal with this for not having it for a day or you can't function without this, this is something you're relying on to mask something else. So there's something going on here that you can do yourself and have a go at it. Let's increase our water intake. Let's think about what sort of food we're putting in our pie holes or think about what we're doing. Mm. You know, like in it to, to actually think about and see how we're feeling. So, have a little go at that. Take a good, honest look at some of that stuff for you. So, yeah. Then the next one there is being overstimulated. So, reducing your stimulation. So, this is stimulation through any kind of screen, pretty much. Yep. You just look at a screen, that's stimulation. Um, one thing that we just want to quickly touch on here is secondary trauma. Um, it has been... A topic, a hot topic recently, actually. Mm. It's been in um, a lot of studies recently in how secondary trauma actually works. So, everyone has obviously, if you listen to the podcast with Meg, you would have heard about like trauma that you may not even remember from when you were a kid, like something happened to you. And it can be really little, but it left a pretty big emotional mark on you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be that something massive happened to have any trauma, but it's something that just impacts who you are as a person today, which is okay. But then you have secondary trauma meaning that nothing actually happened to you but you're carrying it as if it happened to you news is something that does this Mm. so if the first thing you do every morning is watch the news one that frames your day is you very rarely hear anything good on the news a lot of the time it's normally bad is bad someone got murdered someone got stabbed some outbreak is happening somewhere there's a and it's a really interesting concept because it is feels like such a need to know what's going on in the world. But is there any benefit in knowing all the terrible things that happened yesterday? Mm. Like that's the frame for or your day. Or overnight while you were sleeping. Or overnight. Like that's the frame for your day. If you're if that's goes into your subconscious in the morning, all of these terrible things, you're automatically gonna look for the more terrible things in the day because that frames your belief as to what the world is. 
the world is now a bad place. Mm -hmm. It's not safe. It's not fun. It's like that frames it. The thing is that that stuff is going to happen anyway, whether you look at it or not. Like there's nothing that you can do. And you watching it every morning is not making you any safer. If anything, Mm -hmm. it's making you more scared. You'll never do anything. But it's framing your day and now you're going to have not as great days. But that secondary trauma that comes on is if you see that on the news every day, fires and stabbings and all of these things and kidnappings and whatnot, you take that on as secondary trauma. Now, that can come up in any kind of ways. It can cause a whole lot of um, mental health issues like contribute to those, but it just takes on a secondary trauma in whatever form that comes out for you. But that can also form our fatigue as well, is that overstimulation and having that constant bad, negative, fear And also the need cycle. to know. The need to know. It's like fear of missing out. It's like yeah. if I don't know all the terrible things that happened in the world today. I'm less a person than someone else. Exactly. And it's news is an interesting culture as well because you find people who are avid news watchers are like dead set that it's the most important thing that you must watch the news. And if you yeah. don't watch the news, wow, you're uncultured. Like you're you're not a great person. Mm. You don't even want to know what's going on in your own world. But I think also it gives you uh, it's it's talking or communication topics as well. Yes. Because usually you're trying to find out and align with people um, that have your same view on things. Yes. So you see something that happens in the news, someone very bad, pedophile, whatever goes jail. This happened, or they only got three years, not five or twenty or however or. However, you know, murdering, yeah. stabbing, robbing, do you in whatever. That? What do you think? What do you, yeah, that was really, you know, how uncalled for. They should have got more. They should have had the book thrown at them. And someone says, oh, no, well, I think that was probably pretty aligned. Suddenly, we don't see eye to eye. Eye to eye. I'm okay with that. But potentially, if we start to see a few more markers that yeah. you don't see aligned with what I'm seeing, maybe you're not someone I need to chat to. Because yeah. you're now not same, same. Yeah, so, that can end up being some stuff as well as how people do it. So, yeah. Yeah. And the last one here that we have to talk about today is do you have unreasonable expectations on yourself that are unsustainable? So, you have expecta- expectations that you will perform at 100% every single day, that you will work 15-hour days every day, that you aren't someone who takes rests or breaks or that you don't go home for lunch or you don't take your time or you don't take a day off or you work when you're sick, anything Mm. like this that has become so common, not normal, common, that it feels like, again, you're being weak or like you're doing the wrong thing or you're letting someone down if you don't. So just keep in mind that most of these expectations you put on yourself, then you present to other people and then they have of you. They never had that expectation before you had it of yourself. So you have this expectation you then prove to them that that's an expectation you have on you and that you will deliver. And then as soon as you drop below that expectation, that person goes, hang on, you're not doing this. And then that's when that resentment comes in. And especially when you're so tired and you're fatigued of going, hang on, but they're not doing that and they're getting away with it. But you've put that expectation on yourself and then you've proven that to them and then they're going to bounce that back to you. Yeah. Because if you have someone who is an absolutely amazing worker who never takes any time anywhere, you don't want to hang on to that with everything that you have. And you're also not wanting wanting to let them drop back. Mm. Like, But then that person is also going to struggle with a whole lot of guilt, not wanting to step back themselves. But this is where the setting boundaries comes in. That's why the fatigue is there to teach you a lesson so that you set boundaries and you actually stick to them. And again, it might take you a couple of times, but you'll get there eventually. 
yeah, return back to where you are to realize that you needed to have that reset. Exactly. That reset and just have a solid look at it. So, so yeah. So, there's um, a fair bit there to sort of digest and go through yourself um, just to try and work out as far as um, markers, things you may see in people that you interact with. It's probably the easiest thing to, as we said, look at what someone else has got going on than look internally. So, um, yeah. So, have a few have a few things up your sleeve as far as things you could see as, as markers, things that you may even see in yourself if you're able to look internally. So um, there's a bit to do there as well. But um, yeah, by all means, we hope you enjoyed that one. We went through a fair bit there in that fatigue um, and, and things there. So if you by all means need to reach out, ask a few more questions or double check with us or a few things on some stuff you maybe didn't get as clear as, um, send us a DM on Instagram, probably the easiest. Yeah. Um, any questions as far as that you'd like to answer and um, yeah by all means we're um, happy to chat with you about that stuff so send that through but um, until next time have a wonderful week Katie you too Ben and we will chat to you soon viewers thank you viewers for tuning in to another episode of 360 View you can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast listening if you found value in today's episode leave us a like a review and a five star rating If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. And if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'll answer them on the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.